You cannot afford to be neutral or uncommitted to God, especially if you care about what happens to you and to your family, to your children. Satan is in direct competition with God, and his nature is all evil. And because of his evil nature, he will stop at nothing to make evil fill all things. And so if you don't teach your children, Satan will do it for you. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. In today's message, we'll be talking about the responsibility involved with raising children. Most people today are preoccupied with many other things outside of their children and unfortunately have become more selfish. And there are some that are concerned about their families and about their children, yet focus on things that may not be very important. Most people are ultimately driven by what the world tells them what to worry about and not about what God tells them to worry about. And God really cares about what you do with your children. Today's message is inspired on Numbers chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Blessing and honor and glory and praise be to you. Hallowed and glorified be your name. Your kingdom come, Lord God. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Lord, I pray for forgiveness. I pray, Heavenly Father, O Lord, that you may please forgive me for all my sins and my wrongs. Lord, I come humbly before your throne of grace and mercy, only leaning, Lord God, on your grace. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for your guidance. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may help us, O Lord, to be attentive to your word. Help us to be sensitive. And above all, help us to be obedient to it. Blessed are you, O Lord God. Enlighten us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's passage can be found in the book of Numbers, chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. This is the word of the Lord. Now these are the records of Aaron and Moses, when the Lord spoke with Moses on Mount Sinai. And these are the names of the sons of Aaron, Nadab the firstborn, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, the anointed priests, whom he consecrated to minister as priests. Nadab and Abihu had died before the Lord when they offered profane fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no children. So Eleazar and Ithamar ministered as priests in the presence of Aaron, their father. Raising children is one of the greatest responsibilities a person will ever undertake in their lifetime. And as we just read, some children will do what is right before God, and some will do what is wrong and pay dearly for it but the majority of that depends on how children are raised. Some of you might say, so can I do things that guarantee that my child can be a person that honors God? Or others might say, so is it my fault that my child is a mess right now? I can answer both by saying that there are no guarantees in this life with anything, that just because you do what is right, that this will mean that everything will turn out here great and fine. Just like your child not being in a good place right now may or may not be your doing. But when you do things right before the Lord, two things happen. And those are that one, you will please the Lord and it will count towards your eternity. And two, 
that you will better the odds by obeying the Lord even in the here and now. And so it all depends on where your faith is. But in the end, if you have children, you will give an account for what you did or are doing with them. There is no escaping that. You simply cannot run away from that responsibility. So for your own good, I would urge you to do what is right before the Lord and do the best you can. As we start getting into this topic of children, what went wrong with Aaron's children, with Nadab and Abihu? Why did God kill them? And for that answer, we must go into the word elsewhere. In Leviticus chapter 10, it tells us this, Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people, I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. The thing we can glean here is that Aaron's children obviously did not please God, but rather offended him deeply. They offered profane fire. You might ask, what does that mean? Profane fire symbolizes that they gave God something that was against his will, and that ultimately showed disrespect and no regard for who God is and how you need to come to him. Moses tells Aaron that everyone that comes near to God must regard him as holy and that we must do things that glorify God. That is ultimately what we must train our children to do, to regard God as holy, as someone that must at least be feared, revered, and held in the highest regard for their own good. And of course, that everything that they do must glorify Him. So if you want to understand why God allowed for you to have children, this is the main reason for why He allowed it. It doesn't necessarily matter how they came into this world. If you have children, this is ultimately God's goal for their existence. God didn't allow for you to have children to perpetuate your name or because it's something nice to experience or because you wanted to see your spouse's eyes in them or because you want them to take over the family business and of course, because they were an accident. None of those things are God's purpose for children. They are not there to serve you or anyone else for that matter. They are provided to fear God and to glorify Him and if you are not putting in the effort you need to put towards that, to help by all means for that to happen, you are going against God's will. You are not doing the will of the Father. And so God needs to be the cornerstone, the building block, the foundation for everything you do with your children. God must be at the center for everything that has to do with your family. In Psalm 127, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. And so our homes, our families must be built in the Lord founded upon his person, upon his word. The Lord must be at the center of everything and in everything. Some might say, I don't have everything in my family centered on the Lord and everything appears just fine. On the surface, everything may seem fine, but within its foundation, there is something wrong. You probably can see it now. 
but there are things that are wrong and sooner or later they will show up. And the worst part is if the problems don't show up now, they will show up in God's judgment when there is no turning back, no do-over, no second chance. That is the worst problem that could happen. Things don't happen by themselves and that includes raising children. In today's world, many parents, because they are either too busy with work or preoccupied with all kinds of other things, do not pay attention to their children. They do not spend the time and energy they need to spend with them. And it's not necessarily about soccer practice or piano or tutoring or any of those extracurricular activities parents put children to keep them busy. It's a common thing today for electronics and the online world to become the babysitter for children between the phone, the iPad, or the computer. If you want godly children, children with an eternal future in the Lord, they must be raised in the fear and love of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. There is a very challenging phase called adolescence in children. I'm sure some of you have heard of it. And here is where children start developing their own character. And when all of a the sudden, they start knowing much more than their parents. And friends at school or external influences start taking much more importance than the home. And many undergo night and day changes in their lives. It's almost like if people lose their children during this stage, their children become strangers. And in today's day and age, this stage can start happening even much sooner than the teenage years. This is why the foundation of Jesus Christ must be laid in a child's life when they're very young. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 to 9 explains to us the very first and greatest commandment of God for every human being, where it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Therefore, it is essential, it is necessary to speak to your children about the Lord daily. And all of the time, when you sit in your house, when you are walking with them, when you are going to sleep, and when you wake up. Does it have to be hours? No. But it must be something frequent and at different times of the day, constantly exposing them to the concept of God and sharing the word with them and praying with them. This is how you build a child's life in the Lord. It is imperative to acquaint them with the Almighty. And we need to keep this in mind now more than ever because you have a world that hates God and that despises everything about Him. And that world wants to teach your child, to brainwash them to absorb their ways. In today's schools and at very early ages, they are teaching children that God did not create the universe and everything in it. They are teaching them that this is all some sort of cosmic accident and that everything has just evolved from that. And of course, schools are now teaching them about morality and human relationships, and we all know where that is going. Some might say, well, I have that figured out because I send my child to a good Christian school. And that is all well and good. But if you don't accustom your children to learn at home with you, you are pushing them to get all of their learning from outside the house. You are giving up your right and duty as a parent to teach and raise your child. If you don't talk to them and you don't get them used to opening up with you at home, then that will never happen later. But here I'm talking about the Lord and how to help your children understand him. 
So I should say this. How can you teach your children about the Lord if you don't know him first? This is one of the main problems out there. How can anyone share about Christ to anyone else if they first haven't come to know him as they need to know him? Some of you might say, I was born in the church or my parents are believers. What is there more to do? And I have to tell you, just as Jesus Christ told the Pharisee, a very well-educated and religious Jewish leader like Nicodemus, where he told him that he had to be born again. John chapter 3 tells this story where it says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. And so religion won't save you or make sure that you have a personal and intimate relationship with the Lord. Just being a good person is certainly not the way. Having good intentions, even less. The only way a person can come to be born again in Christ is by repenting and converting from all of their sins and truly believing and making Jesus Christ the effective and literal Lord of their lives. There is no other way for a person to gain the intimate, personal, and saving relationship with God through Jesus Christ. They need so desperately to have eternal life that the Word of God talks about. God must be in your life, at the center of your life, guiding every single thing in it if you want to experience Him firsthand. And of course, if you want for Him to build your family in your home. Ultimately, God must be the most important thing to you and you must understand the value of that within yourself to be able to feel and understand the need for him in your family. Otherwise, why do it, right? If God is not important to you, then why struggle to include him in your family, in your most intimate human relationships? God must mean something to you. He must be real to you. And being born again in Christ is the only way to do that. But if that doesn't happen, make no mistake. Satan's goal is to fill every void, every vacuum left by the absence of God's presence. And so you cannot afford to be neutral or uncommitted to God, especially if you care about what happens to you and to your family, to your children. Satan is in direct competition with God and his nature is all evil. And because of his evil nature, he will stop at nothing to make evil fill all things. And so if you don't teach your children, Satan will do it for you. So you must help your children find their way to the Lord. That's the bottom line. God's indwelling through the Holy Spirit and eternal life is the best inheritance you can leave them with. There is nothing better. Therefore, every generation must do their part. Our parents had that responsibility. We have that responsibility. Our children will inherit that responsibility and so on. In Acts chapter 13, verse 36, it says, For God, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep. Each generation must do its part to perpetuate God's will on earth because that is ultimate good and the best that can be done for everyone, whether they understand it or not. Why? 
because there's nothing really of value in this world. Everything in this world will pass away someday, guaranteed. First John chapter two, it says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. In Matthew chapter 7, it also says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. We all will only live so long. I'm going to say this again. We will all live only so long. Our children will only live so long. And then what? If you don't raise your children in the Lord and for them to have eternal life through Jesus Christ, then this world is all they will ever have. And you should ask yourself, do I want for my children to just have this world to look forward to? Do I want them to be lost forever after God's judgment? Don't I at least want for them to have a good opportunity to have immortality and do things that will remain with them forever long after this world and everything in it has gone away? If you are a mother or a father or are planning to be one, my best advice to you is to take your responsibility as a parent very seriously because one day you will give an account before Almighty God for what you did with your children. There is no way out of that. And so build your family on the Lord for your own good, and of course, for the eternal good of your family. We had mentioned at the beginning that doing what is right before God may not necessarily guarantee that things could turn out well here and now. And I know that sounds weird because many people preach and teach that you should look for God to fix your problems and that if you follow God, everything will be great today. But that is not what the Bible teaches. Just because you do what is right now does not mean that you may see the reward for it here and now. This is what the Word of God says. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. We can't do things for the Lord now expecting to see a reward here and now. The Word of God tells us that we must always look forward and to do things that benefit us and everyone else in the future, in eternity. Matthew chapter 6 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So you see, the Christian's eyes must always be focused on eternity. And the reason for why he or she does things should always be centered on the person of Jesus Christ. And that goes for raising children. Should you worry about providing for your children, giving them the things they need here and now? Is helping them have a good education important? Of course. We need to work and provide what is necessary. We need to be mindful about their health and emotional well-being. But above all those things, we need to be concerned about the most important thing about their salvation, about them having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ so they can have an eternal future also. That is the number one thing that should matter to you. Is my child saved? Will he or she go to heaven? Are they living their life in a way that fulfills the will of the Father so they too can find access to God's kingdom through Jesus Christ? Now some might say, 
God knows I have tried my best and nothing appears to be happening. God says, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And so, keep going. Don't give up. Never give up on your children. Do your part and leave the rest to God. However, should this consume your whole life? We must always bear in mind that our direction should come from the Lord. Let Him tell you when and how and what you should be doing meanwhile. Remember that we must love the Lord above all things. So take your direction from your Lord. He will tell you when to insist and maybe when you should do other things. Follow the Lord because in the end, and the only thing that should matter to you is that God is not going to ask you about what other people did or did not do. When that great day of judgment comes, he is only going to be concerned about what you did or didn't do. And on that day, I guarantee you, nothing else will matter to you because your eternity will be decided then and there. This is why the word also says, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him, speaking of God, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And so, do what you need to do for your children, for their own good, but also for your own good. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, I praise you. Lord, you are good and you are merciful. And you care, Lord God, about what happens to us and about what happens to our loved ones. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to keep that in mind and to be able to take on the things that you tell us that we should do and do them, Lord God. Help us to be obedient to you, Lord God. Help us, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, to honor you through our family. Lord God, help us to understand that this world will one day pass and everything in it and Lord God, the best thing that we can leave for our loved ones, especially our children, is you. You are the best thing. Heavenly Father, Lord God, money is not going to replace you. Wealth, stability, power, fame, human relationships, all of that will go away someday. But you are the one that remains forever. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand that we need to convey that to people and that we need to help them understand that they need to have a relationship with you. Heavenly Father, Lord God, help us, O oh Lord, to understand what truly matters in this life and to have our priorities straight, to put you first above all things. And Heavenly Father, that in that manner, that we may also love those that are around us. Lord God, we pray that in everything, your name may be glorified. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.